Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We roll along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, again, the Road to the World Series goes through us here at ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action, including a double dip today, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I was just listening to Christine, and I was thrown when she mentioned the Harden thing. I mean, we, today's not the day for it, but we got to dive into that again. I mean, what a, an absolute travesty that is. But what time did you say the games are today, the baseball? Uh, five and eight. So the, Phillies play the early The first game, game is the Phils. Mm-hmm. Oh, that should be interesting. Oh, speaking of angst, let me bring Nuno into the conversation on this point. You, you all remember our beloved Nuno, hashtag Nuno, an original member, founding member of the hashtag crew, now the producer of Unsportsmanlike Weekday Mornings on ESPN Radio with Chris Canty and Evan Cohen and Michelle Smallman doing a terrific job. He is one of the angriest people I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> Bears something of a facial resemblance to Kim Jong-un and lives and dies with his Giants, his Yankees, and his Knicks. The first thing I want to ask you, though, because more than anything, he hates Hembo. So I don't know if you heard this last week, but Hembo came very close to jinxing the Phillies right out of the post. When the Phillies dropped those two games in in Arizona, the way Hembo trash-talked them, trash-talked the fans, trash-talked the ballpark, Mm -hmm. everything— Oh, was I wishing, and I was thinking of you, Nuno, was I thinking about the obliteration that awaits Hembo if his Phillies wind up losing? I think based upon what he did last year, yeah. he shouldn't be able to allow, be allowed to celebrate if they do win the World Series because mm-hmm. you were the reason they didn't win last year. You were out here talking what they that the Astros were never going to get a hit again, that it was over, just, um, you know, it, this is the most embarrassing, the greatest pitching performances ever in the World Series, and right. we saw what happened. Like, I don't even think you, you should be allowed to celebrate. I think that's fair. Hmm. I, I want to remind the audience, for those of you who are not with us then or don't remember, Hembo proclaimed the World Series over at 2-1 Phillies, and they proceeded to get no hit in the next game. The next game. Unprecedented. I mean, it's... What has it happened in postseason history? Like five times? Uh, two times. It was, Don, it was Don Larson and Roy Halladay. Those okay. are the no-hitters in the history of the playoffs. Okay, that's what I mean. Okay, yeah. so this was the third time. Right. <laughs> okay, that's what I mean. So the third time, uh, I, there wasn't one other combined no-hitter that I'm thinking Not of somewhere in, in between. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. The point of it is, Hembo kiboshed his team to the point that it was an embarrassment, and so I was really hoping, and still do, that this will turn against him so he will feel the pain. That said... Nuno, we had a question that came up on TV today, and I feel like you're the only one here who is really um, the right person to answer it. Are the Giants better, your beloved New York football Giants, better with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback than with Daniel Jones? I don't believe so. I will tell you the, the thought process that's run through my mind. A, if the NFL officials didn't screw the Giants last week, they would be 3-4 and four headed into the Jet game. Mm-hmm. And B, and probably the one that's going to end up being, this game's going to cost us a top 2-3 pick. And that's going to really <laughs> agitate me. Because you're sitting there with the potential of getting Drake May after you know Caleb goes one and not being able to get him is going to truly drive me insane. So that's your hope. You you want Drake May in the draft, and you're worried that the Giants winning a game against the Commanders week seven is going to cost you that, meaning you were rooting against them already. Well, I my mindset had changed, right, because you're one in five, so what do you have look, 
what do you have to look forward to? It's all right. Well, then now at this point, you just have to be bad enough to so that that pick is a top, you know, two, three pick, unless one of the teams that falls in that spot doesn't need a quarterback. So yeah, so my mindset has changed, and it's still on the on the draft because this team isn't any good. And oh, by the way, if you're not the 49ers, oh, God, I hate saying this, the Eagles in the Woo! NFC, like you're really what are you playing for, like? The third team, just like because none of these other teams can actually beat one of those two teams. So it's like the the Cowboys are the Cowboys. The Lions still showed us yesterday that they're the same old Lions. So unless you're one of those two teams and no one else is on that level, you're not making the Super Bowl in the NFC. Nuno just spitting fire. He's a hot take machine. You know, I need I need to call a timeout here because I think you might be breaking one of the primary rules of sports fandom. I understand looking long-term and saying to ourselves, we might not have our franchise quarterback in-house. Nuno, are you rooting against the Giants while these games are being played with the hopes of acquiring Caleb Williams or Drake May? I am not rooting against them, but I'm not rooting for them. <laughs> so, like, so there's a huge difference there, Hembo, where I don't, I'm at the point now that I don't allow it to impact my well-being or, 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 you know, physically harm anyone else that gets in my way on a Monday well, that's morning. Good. Yeah, you know, I, don't, like, I don't believe that. Like, like, so, so I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, if you're going to, like, lose, then just lose. All right, greeting with, with, with Nuno in here, but you did not answer my question. I want to go all the way back to the question. So forget about what you were rooting to have happen. Forget about Drake May. Forget about everything. Let me ask you just these, this question. It's this simple. If the Giants played Tyrod Taylor every game the rest of the season or Daniel Jones every game the rest of the season, which way would they wind up winning more games? I think at the end of the day, it's still uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, I do believe that. If Because of everything else that's going on, right? They have, you have Saquon. Even though you're missing Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, that line was pretty, you know, Decent yesterday. Oh, by the way, they've realized they have young wide receivers on their team and they're starting to throw the ball to Jalen Hyatt, right? So I think it feels like things have changed a little bit. That defense played well. Things that weren't happening when Daniel Jones was playing. So I do think Daniel Jones is a better quarterback and will allow this team to win more games. I just, as I was saying previously, that he's not their future. And they've realized that, that he is not their future. So you need to make sure whatever that succession plan is, it's, you know, you're working on it. Nuno is here. And so now the hashtag crew is fully complete. Reminder, you can watch our show on the ESPN app. Click on watch. Look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy. You can also listen anytime you want on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, whatever you like. Can you hang out a couple more minutes, Nuno? You'd be a part of this. I, sure. I like the question that was given to us today. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I really like this. I don't know if this was Cam's question or Bubba's, but when I woke up this morning and came in and looked at the rundown, here's the question. Which team did you change your mind on the most this week? I like the question. There were a lot of um, unpredictable, I'm not sure, surprising, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. A lot of surprising things that happened in the NFL yesterday. So let's do it. And Cam, I assume that was your question, so I'll start with you. Which team did you change your mind on most this week? I know which one is mine. I want to see if any of you say mine. I'm going to say the Ravens. Okay, bingo. Right, immediately. That's exactly what I was thinking. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say we knew they were good. We knew they had all the capabilities of being an elite team, but their two losses beating themselves away from being 7-0. and 
So I think the Ravens uh, solidify themselves as an elite AFC team. Yes, here's what I'll take it a step farther. I've been waiting to see, I think many of us have been waiting to see, will that offense at any point just look vitally different from what it has been since Lamar got there, which has basically been, Lamar, go do something spectacular, and eventually that is going to run, is going to fall short, and he's going to get hurt because he's just too much, they rely on him too much. I think the Bills do the same thing with Josh Allen. Um, And it was Graziano, I'll give him credit, who before the season began said, shouldn't we be expecting this to take a little time? Like we watched week one and we're all looking for signs. Oh, new offensive coordinator. Oh, Odell is there now. Oh, this rookie everyone loves, Zay Flowers. Oh, is it going to look totally different? And it didn't immediately. But it has been on the come, on the come, on the come. They had that terrible game where they had all those drops, lost a game they should have won. But all of a sudden this week, it really looked different. Like I watched that game and I thought, Maybe this is what we've been waiting for. And if it is, then suddenly I think this is a team that could go to the Super Bowl. If we're watching and we're thinking of all this talent in the AFC, which is the team that really poses a threat to Kansas City? Yesterday I found myself thinking that team is Baltimore. Yeah, but it's a fair point. I mean, if if you're going to be a team that unseats the Kansas City Chiefs, there's two things that you're going to need. You're going to need a team with really high-level quarterback play. And the Ravens obviously have that. And you're going to have a team that is at least opportunistic on defense, if not better, if not greater. And the Ravens' defense is outstanding and really has been from the moment that Roquan Smith became its middle linebacker, a sort of a rock in that defense. They're also getting a lot healthier. They started the season with a lot of really significant injuries. The offensive line yesterday against a, def- uh, against a Lions front that you like a lot was absolutely dominant. And right now that's a top five passing offense. The Baltimore Ravens have the third passing offense right now in the NFL behind only Miami and behind San Francisco, that's a tough place to be if you're an opposing defense that has to have answers for the quarterback run game as well. By the way, Nuno, can I say something that makes me sad? I'm trying very hard not to think about this too much. As I've gotten older, I've tried very hard to to approach most things from the positive side, and that is not to look at the negative of something if it is possible not to. But when we just talked about the qualities it would require to unseat Kansas City in the AFC— the God's honest truth is that if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, I believe the Jets would be the best team in the AFC. I, I honestly do. This is not a fan talking. This is, a, this is my own, take for what you will, football analysis. Everything you just said, we have. The Jets have a way better defense than the Ravens do. It's not even close. By the time it's all said and done, the Jets might have the best defense in the NFL. They've got weapons all over the field. They had an offense installed that was really designed to be run with him. I believe the Jets right now would be the team to beat. Am I overstating it? No, and it's painful to think about. Honestly, it's painful to think about. The Jets have, like, if you, if you make the checklist, what does it take to beat Kansas City? The, J- uh, the Jets would check more boxes than probably any team in the, in the whole conference. Yeah, they played Kansas City to a standstill without them. I, it, it breaks my heart to say it. I'm trying, no, no, it, 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 it bothers me to say it because it's just so, Tragic to think about. We, we've, we've managed to have a season, which I'm happy about and proud of, but it's just not what it was supposed to be. Yeah, there's no. I don't think there's moral victories for you, because, and if you start thinking about it too much, you're probably going to be spending a lot of time on that couch uh, hungover. Which, by the way, <laughs> quick, quick advice. Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese, a... A ginger ale, a Gatorade, and some Alka-Seltzer, you know, the morning after uh, uh, some heavy drinking, 
hits the spot. That's Sounds quite, good. That's, that's quite the remedy. Very specific. That's a lot. No, but listen, that's it's, it's speaking from a man who he knows. knows. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. If you want to know, this is you're right. You're in his area of expertise mm, right this now. This is his milieu. What 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 team, Bubba? What team changed your mind yesterday? I think I'm going to go Dolphins. You know, I, I feel like you know those first, the first three games, everyone's talking about them being unbelievable. Then they had the loss to the Bills, and we said, all right, Bills are pretty. The Bills are okay. Then they had the beat the Giants and the Panthers. Teams aren't very good, so big test against the the Eagles. Then for them to only score 17, I I just feel like I don't know what. I mean, Bart had said that last week on Get Up, like, are the Dolphins legit? And he just didn't really think so. And and so far, we just haven't really seen them with the two tests they had. They have not been good. So I thought this was going to be they were going to show up and if not win, at least be more competitive and play better. And so I. Right now, I just feel like we're kind of in this. The Dolphins are the same old Dolphins, and I just can't put them in the uh, top tier right now in the AFC. I'm with you. I I, I agree. I, I I think that is a good observation. I think they, there now will be questions about them until they win a big game in in the playoffs. I think they will have to win a playoff game this year to erase that. Finally, Nuno, uh, upon your return, what team changed your mind in the NFL this week? Well, the Bills just cemented the fact mm-hmm. that they have to blow it up. They, ha- I know guys like Tannenbaum would know, and you can ask him about the, what Stefan Diggs' trade would look like, but you have to move on from Stefan Diggs. If you can do it before next Tuesday, I would do it at this point. Sean McDermott needs to find, an, needs to find another job. Like you have to, for the sake of Josh Allen, you need to completely just blow it up, and yesterday cemented that. That that might be my favorite take I've ever heard in my entire life. Nuno just traded Stefan Diggs and fired Sean McDermott <laughs> in Buffalo. <laughs> After losing in New England. That's why he's Nuno. Uh, and finally, Cam, you have one more thing. Yeah, I just want to say, for the Dolphins' sake, yes, they've beat teams that are crappy. They also had 10 accepted penalties against them yesterday. The Eagles had zero somehow, and they were missing like half their offensive line. So I think they're a little shorthanded, but they definitely haven't looked right against the good teams. So are you an Eagles fan wearing an Eagles shirt telling me that the Dolphins I, got screwed I'm against try, the Eagles I'm yesterday? I'm trying to be fair. I think they would have lost even if they were at full strength, but they looked not as good because a lot of things were going against them. Jury's still out on if they're an elite team. No, no. Good to see you, as always, my man. Welcome back. We'll see you soon. Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. All right. Trivia time. Hembo, go. Which quarterback-receiver tandem has connected for the most touchdowns over the last two seasons? So that's 2022 and 2023, which quarterback-receiver tandem, which can include a running back or a tight end, which quarterback-receiver tandem has connected for the most touchdowns over the last two seasons? So last year and this, that's the question. The answer is next, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio as we roll along. Lots to do here this morning. Hashtag crews all around us. Haven't had any baseball yet, but we will definitely get some of that in. But right now, time for the answer. Okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, once again, for those just joining us, Himbo, today's question is... Which quarterback-receiver tandem has connected for the most touchdowns over the last two regular seasons? Meaning last year and this, postseason, you specify regular season, which you had not a moment ago, but to clarify, it does not include playoffs? Correct. Just so that we have an equal, uh, an equal number of games across the board. Okay. And, and it, does, it is quarterback receiver, not quarterback wide receiver. So it could be anyone catching it. It could be anyone catching it. Which I think is significant. I have a lot of them written down here. Bubba will guess. Cam will guess. I will guess. I'm told Brandon has already locked in a guess. You want me to go first? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. So these are the names I wrote down, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you how I eliminated them. I thought about Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, but Lamar was hurt a lot the end of last year, missed a lot of games. I thought about Tua and Tyreek, but Tua was hurt a lot last year and missed a lot of games. I thought about Kirk Cousins and uh, Justin Jefferson, but I feel like there was this sort of thing last year that Jefferson never caught any touchdowns. He caught a million passes, but they were not touchdowns. That left me with Patrick Mahomes and Jason and uh, Travis Kelsey, but I feel like that's too obvious. If, 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 if the... Sneaky Hembo is not sneaky if it's Mahomes and Kelsey because that feels like the obvious. So I decided to go with Joe Burrow and um, Jamar Chase, who I feel like catches a ton of touchdowns. He's 7-11. He's always open. So my answer is Burrow and Chase. Lock it in. Bubba, what's yours? Yeah, my first thought, I was going to go Burrow and Chase, but I've settled with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Mm. Okay. Now I have to confess I didn't think of that as I was go- running through still these on the possibilities bills, in my mind. Yeah, well, Nuno has already traded him and fired the coach, <laughs> so I'm not sure if he's still there. All right, lock that one in. That's a good answer. Cam? Yeah, I was between uh, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. I am going to go the Eagles combo just to be different. I might regret it, but I'm going to go Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. All right, before you tell us the answer, just so I know, what's Brandon's answer? His is also Cam's answer, the Eagles combo. All right, the e- so we have one for the Eagles, one for the Bengals, and one for the Bills. The correct answer is? Allen and Diggs. Oh, yes. man. Ah. Attaboy, Bob. There we go. Bubba Just on the board. Bubba Needed that. Right. So wow. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have combined for 17, Mahomes and Kelsey for 16, and then third most is Tua and Tyreek Hill with 14. Where, wow. were, where was Jamar Chase and all Jamar that? Chase has, and Joe Burrow have 12, as do Jalen Hurts. Oh, excuse me, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have 13. Wow. So, oh, wow. I mean, you guys litter the top of the leaderboard, but only Bubba got it right. Speaking of the leaderboard, so where do we all stand? All right, I am 8-13. and 13. Bubba is 6-15. and 15. You, Greeny, are 5-16. and 16. And uh, Mark Cuban and Dominique Foxworth are 0-1. Oh 
What about Brandon? <laughs> They're starting to look better and Brandon's better. Brandon's 0-1 as well. We, we should keep track of Brandon's we picks from now on. We yeah, should. We'll get Brandon in on all this. All right, that was, uh, I would say to the very least, that was uh, frustrating. All right, let's do some one questions. I have only one question. Graziano does this overreaction, not an overreaction column, and it really works out as a very nice little one-question presentation for us. So let's try this. If I were to ask the question, do the Ravens have a better chance of reaching the Super Bowl than the Buffalo Bills? What is the answer? Hembo. The answer is yes. I think they have a clearer path to winning their division, which goes a really, really long way in this. And I like the way that the program is being built. Like I feel like the momentum there is in such a way that is sort of contrary to everything that's happening in Buffalo. I'll say Baltimore does have a better Bubba, shot. do the Ravens have a better chance of reaching the Super Bowl than the Bills? Yes, no question. Cam. Yes, as long as Jackson stays healthy. They, like I said, they could be 7-0 and if they didn't beat themselves twice. The, the, I, I will agree. And the reason is stunning. Because the Bills are more overly reliant on their quarterback than the Ravens are. Whoever would have thought we'd say that about the Ravens, who have been more singularly reliant on Lamar Jackson than maybe any team ever has been with any player ever, Suddenly, I feel like it is the Bills who have taken over that mantle. Uh, someone said it really well on TV today. I think it was RC. Said we, they keep telling Josh Allen, don't be Superman. And then they call the game like they need him to be Superman. And I use the stat that he, that he provided on Get Up just because I think it's yeah. astonishing. His average depth of target, how far the ball traveled beyond the line of scrimmage yesterday. On average, 5.1 in his completions. On average, 19.2 in his incompletions. He's just chucking the ball down the field recklessly. Yeah. And, that's what and, they want. And, and that's it, what they want. feels like that is their offense. I have only one question. If I were to say Tyson Bajant should be the Bears quarterback, even when Justin Fields comes back healthy again, what would you say, Hembo? It's obviously an overreaction. I mean, it's a nice little story, but it's the Bears defense that was really the story yesterday. It's really nice to know that you have a backup quarterback that can go in there and can fake it. It's also a little bit concerning if you're a Justin Fields fan, but... It's like sometimes when this happens, you'll see a backup quarterback come in. We saw it across the league this week. The OC will simplify the offense a little bit, and all of a sudden it will, it will hum some. Maybe we can take some of the more simplistic principles that they employ here when Bajant play quarterback and use them when Justin Fields plays quarterback and not ask him to be Superman. Yeah, when, when we first talked about Bajant a few weeks ago, and I admitted I didn't even know who he was, our buddy Mark Silverman started texting me, and, and Sylvie is a, as a fan. And yeah. he, so I, the reason I know everything I know about Bajant now is because of that. He's a Division II kid who came in. The offensive coordinator loved him at one of those collegiate bowl games. Um, and they brought him in. It's, it's unquestionably an overreaction that he's going to all of a sudden displace fields. I think what he's playing for is an NFL career. Like, could he wind up being someone who lasts in the league and is a backup? Could he be the backup to whoever the quarterback of the Bears is going to be next year? Those, I think, are the questions that are being answered. I have only one question. Uh, the next one is, uh, does Ron Rivera need to bench Sam Howell if he wants to keep his job? Cam, what's the answer to that? Uh, I think he might be out of a job no matter what happens. Well, if they win some games, if he benches him and Brissett, I guess the thinking would be if he benches Howell and plays Brissett that maybe they start winning. So you don't see them winning either way. I don't think they're markedly better with Brissett than with Howe. Howe's kind of up and down, and I think Brissett might be a little bit more of a steady hand, but I think they have more issues than that. Yes, I think that the questions about Sam Howell are legitimate. But if there's one thing that we've proven, and I like Jacoby Brissett as a backup. He's a great guy to have on your team. But if there's one thing we've been proving over the, that we've seen over the years, if Jacoby Brissett is the answer, then you don't want the question. 
Like, the question is not who's the quarterback to lead us on a deep playoff run. That's just not what he has proven to be. He's a guy who I think is a good player, a really good backup to have. If your starter goes down for three weeks, he's going to hold the fort down like crazy. But he, I don't think he's the answer. Yeah, the, the problem in Washington is not the quarterback. It's the coach. Like, we're watching Ron Rivera's last season in Washington. I think that's now clear or at least likely. Magic Johnson's tweeting, you know, pretty much after every loss. And I think there's a reason for that, too. It would, have to, it would be a pretty stunning turnaround. And if you listen to Jonathan Allen talk after the game, it sounds like he's done with it, too. Absolutely. That was <laughs> amusing, to say the least. One more. I have only one question. Bubba, if I said the Chiefs' offense will be elite as long as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are on the field, it doesn't matter what else is out there. Is that an overreaction? Uh, I'm going to go with no. I mean, I think the no, not an overreaction. The, the proof is what they've done so far. And if those two are on the field, I'm taking them. Yeah, look, let me lose the music on that one. Make, look, I, I don't pretend to be a defensive coordinator. I don't pretend to be anything but a fan, all right? I, I studied journalism, not football, in school. So I don't pretend to know more than any other football fan knows. But I've been watching the game 50 years, every week of my life for 50 years. I don't know what the Chargers were doing in the first half yesterday. How in the world do you go into a game against the Chiefs and think, the one guy we won't worry about is Kelsey? Kelsey is open on every play. And when they were diagramming, Tony Romo was like, look, there's nobody here. They're playing 10 to 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. Well, all any football analyst I have on week after week, day after day, game after game, all they say is you got to get your hands on Kelsey. You got to get your hands on him. You got to redirect him. You got to do this. You got to do that. They did literally the opposite. They went the George Costanza opposite. Let's see if Kelsey can just take us apart. Let's shut down everybody else and see if Kelsey alone beats us. And he did. He killed them in the first half. And if they hadn't made whatever adjustment is they made to try, to, to try and address him, he might have set a record. I, I've never seen anything look easier than it looked for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey yesterday. Yeah, yeah so he ran 34 routes yesterday, and uh, the Chargers pressed him once. Of those 34 routes, they gave him at least five yards off the line of scrimmage 21 times. So I, I don't have answers for it either. My assumption here Isn't is, the coach of the Chargers supposed to be a defensive genius? Yeah, he owes Aaron Donald a lot of money. Oh, my God. <laughs> His kids are in private school because of Aaron Donald. I mean, talk to me here. That, how, how does that guy still have a job? So I don't fire anybody on that. I'm not, I don't like it. I'm not calling for anybody. I just don't understand. How anyone watches them play week after week and thinks, oh, yeah, this is the best we can do. says to themselves, let's give Travis Kelsey the free release off the line of scrimmage. What are we doing? So teams now in the NFL, defensive coordinators are just obsessed with limiting the big plays. But you can't play that way exclusively. And that's exactly how they played against the best quarterback of all time. I mean, you can play that way against a league average quarterback and maybe get away with it. But Patrick Mahomes is good enough to beat you however, you, however he wants. And so if you're going to give a Hall of Fame tight end eight yards off the line of scrimmage, he's going to go 12 for 179 and a tut. It just is. The, 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 the thing about taking away the deep ball. So let me see if I've got this straight. You're mm-hmm. telling me they went into that game thinking, no matter what, we cannot let Tyreek Hill beat us over the top. Oh, wait a minute. Tyreek Hill doesn't play for this team anymore. Who were they terrified was going to beat them over the top? Rasheed Rice? Nicole uh, 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 Hardman, I'm who actually played for them? I'm trying to explain this the best way that I can. I mean, it's a, it's a conundrum There is no explanation also. for okay. it. If you go okay. into a game against that team and your primary thought is not stop Kelsey, then you haven't watched any film. The, the, uh, no, player, no player in the league 
who isn't the quarterback is a bigger part of the offense than that guy is. I don't care what the stats say. The stats can say whatever they want. Well, he's got a huge portion of the, of the target share. And if I were a fan of the Chiefs, though, like, the thing that would be most encouraging to me would be that my defense is great. Like, for the first time in, tra- in, in Mahomes' tenure, like, I actually have a great defense. And so, despite the fact that they don't have those kind of downfield weapons, it doesn't really matter because their offensive line has been, this is the best offensive line he has also. This is how Andy Reid has decided. Like, my quarterback is so good that I don't need to fill a, a wide receiver room with good players. I can just let him throw the ball to Travis Kelsey, build a great defense, and protect him some, and we're going to win 13 games every And year. they let their tackle leave during the offseason, and their line got better anyway, they, right? Th- yes, that was a good decision also. That, he is such a good coach. Andy is such a good coach. They're going to win the whole damn thing again, I aren't think so they? Too. I have spent the entire year trying to figure out ways that someone is going to beat them. And when a push comes to shove, no one's going to. They only lost once, and it was without Travis Kelsey. Yeah, That's week it. one. Or their best defensive player. Him too. And, and look, I, I, do I have this right? Is there, have they mathematically clinched the division? <laughs> do I have that right? They have six wins. The rest of the division has seven combined. Um, so they're going to win that division by five games. I mean... What would you put as the over-under on what the, the final margin will be? When do they start resting players? We know Andy likes to start resting They need rests, that one guys. seed. They need that one seed. But how, who's going to take it from them? Who's well, taking the one seed? They've already banked a win against Jacksonville. Their loss is in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Who's beating? Who's I, I catching them? I think they're them? far and away the t- team likeliest to get there. But I mean, Miami's not. One day ago, we would have thought not? Miami was that team. Okay. By I, the way, that's the team that needs home field based on the way that they play at home. Like you stick, you stick the visitor in the 80-degree sun, right, and let him bake in the second right. half, their numbers on the road offensively are a, a far cry from how they – that's the team that needs home field advantage the most is Miami based upon the way they play offense. Well, they lost to Buffalo once. they got to play them again. They haven't played the Jets yet. Miami and the Jets tend to split. Um, Do you think Miami's a paper tiger? The combined record of the teams they've beaten so far is 8-25. and 25. I know, I know. The worst strength of victory no, in the No, the answer to the question is no, because Paper Tiger, do I think that their numbers are inflated mm-hmm. by the, the opposition? Yes. Okay. Do I think that means they're not a legit good team? I don't. Do I you, think they're a good team. Do you think that other teams can employ the same blueprint that Philly did yesterday? See, that's what I can't tell you. Here's what I know. Again, I'm a football fan, and I have, the, the, I have unlimited access to people who know everything there is to know about football. In particular, when it comes to things on defense, I have Rex Ryan. So I get to talk to Rex whenever I want. And Rex, whether you love him or don't love him, is maybe the best defensive coach that ever lived. And Rex will tell you that the way you stop Miami is to ignore them. They're doing all this stuff at the beginning of the play. And that stuff is called window dressing for a reason. Because the stuff that's in your window, the window dressing, is not what's actually in the store. That's just meant to get you to walk in the door. And then you might buy something or you might not. But it's the window that they have fixed up so nicely. But the reality is, what after they finish doing all that stuff, their offense is, apparently is fairly basic. They're just running. They're moving people all over the field to try and make you confused and all that. So what Buffalo did and the Eagles did was just sort of stand there. Say, okay, yeah, keep doing whatever you're doing. I know that eventually you're going to say hike and you guys are going to start running and we're ready for that. And then if you can handle Tyreek a little bit, if he doesn't just kill you by himself, then I think that there is a formula to stopping them. Now, I don't know that every team in the league has the talent to do it, but the Eagles clearly were one of those teams. Can I give you a few numbers on the Eagles defense here? Sure, of So Miami last night averaged third and 11, meaning – Philly was winning on first and second down. They're really the only team that's done that against the Miami offense this season. Secondly, Miami didn't have a single 30-yard play in the whole game. It's the first time this season they haven't really popped one. 
and this is probably the most important one, they've had, ele- they had 11 possessions in every single game entering yesterday. They had only eight drives. Eight drives the entire game against the Eagles. Like the Eagles. And the Eagles also didn't have a single penalty on defense, despite all that window dressing that you talked about, that Cam talked about earlier. I don't know how replicable that is, but the Eagles did it awfully well. Yeah. So maybe you're, what, you're, you're trying to convince me that the Dolphins are a paper tiger? I'm not trying to convince you that they're a paper tiger, but I do think it's hard to look on, uh, at their numbers in the aggregate and compare them to the greatest show on turf as we were doing last week. Yeah, I think that the teams that have a real shot at Kansas City are Baltimore, Cincinnati, if they kind of get their act together, mm-hmm. maybe Jacksonville, but probably not. And then, God help me, the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback. And, and, and I, as you know, have not fully given up on the idea that at some point here he's going to be. All right, I got to get to all the baseball and all that kind of stuff. We haven't heard any of that. We haven't heard anything about our night uh, at Chicago Sam's. So let me very quickly do the KOD picks here, and then we'll save the, all the rest of it for later. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Bubba, how do we do on our picks this weekend? Not great. Uh, one and two. So you got the Pittsburgh win. Okay. But you lost Detroit, and you lost Miami. So it's a rough one. A still rough in one last for- place. You got six wins, 15 losses. All right. Well, tonight we have Monday night action. We have the Niners, a seven-point favorite at Minnesota. Our Monday night football preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hembo, what do I need to know about this game? I mean, this is a stay away for me, so long as the number seven. If you can, if you can get San Francisco at seven and a half, to me, that's the play. 80% of the public is on San Francisco, minus the seven. I, I don't feel great about that number, honestly, because Minnesota's played everyone kind of close this year. So but, you're but, saying but those are the numbers. that the bet would be if, if it was seven and a half, you would take Minnesota and take the points. Yeah, I would. It's hard for me to put my hard-earned money on the Minnesota Vikings without Justin Jefferson. I was about to say, is he not playing? The Niners are coming off a loss. I, 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 that's, what I'm saying is I think seven's the exact right number. So if you, if you catch – I'm staying away from that number at seven, but at some books you might be able to get it at seven and a half. If so, I would pounce on that number. Okay, I'm, I, I'm going to give the seven. Uh, God help me, I'm always six and a half, wrong. Excuse me. It's six and a half? No, six and a half is the number I, I meant to say, not seven and a half. Obviously. Oh, okay. If it was yeah. seven and a half, you, I thought you were telling me you would take the Vikings and take the points. My mistake. I'm going to give the seven with the Niners. Um, and then, and then uh, you know what? I'll do, the, I'll do the, the, the baseball picks when we come back in a moment. With those, we have to talk about what happened uh, with Cam the other night, why it might be his fault that all this thing goes sideways. Actually, I think Cam and Hembo are going to argue over who's really to blame. Mm. We'll check in on a day that could net us a World Series matchup as we continue in a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. So Chicago Sam's in Cromwell, Connecticut, was the site of Cam's alleged birthday party that he went to. 
He made up someone named Eric and said that that someone had a 29th birthday party scheduled for the other night at this establishment called Chicago Sam's. And as a result, he could not take me up on my offer. I was going to send him to Arizona to go watch his beloved Phillies try and clinch a World Series trip. The fact that they were unable to do it in Arizona, I think, is probably largely to blame on him. I think had he been willing to take this trip, there's no question they would have won two of those three games. My question, Greeny, is is this. I don't know exactly how strong your relationship is with Cam. It's pretty strong. Okay. Are you willing to spend the $286 necessary to get him into Citizens Bank Park for Game 6 tonight? No, the, the whole point of the exercise was to demonstrate that it would have been cheaper for me to fly him to Arizona, put him in an Airbnb for a night, and bought him a ticket to the game, then it would be to drive to Philadelphia and attend the game. But that was at a time in which we didn't know when the Phillies could clinch. The Phillies couldn't clinch until tonight. Have you changed your mind? No. The original... What part of this are you not listening to, you allegedly smart person? The original had everything to do with the possibility that they could clinch in no, game four or it five. It had to do with the fact that I was going to send him there. Game three was going to make games four and five moot. He was going to go for the beginning of the, of the games there and sort of keep the thing going. It would look like the Phillies were a runaway freight train that were never going to be stopped. By the way, has anyone else noticed Hembo got the kind of haircut that I think traditionally we used to say people would get against their will? like maybe at the beginning of training camp or the beginning of boot camp or something like that. The sides are extremely short, extremely. I can see your scalp for about something in the neighborhood of 50% of your head. And it's, the lines on it are very straight. They're extremely dramatic. And then the top of your head looks like, like a, um, uh, I don't even know exactly how to describe it. It, it looks a little bit like... Um, like a rug, like a like a like a carpet. It's the, the hairs are pointing straight up, and they're quite long and dramatic looking. But can you describe the the thought process? Like when you sit down to get a haircut, what do you say to the person? Here's what I'll say to you: Mark Cuban was here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we took a uh, now infamous photo with him, right? In which you made fun of my hair for being too long, right? No, now, not too long, too tall. Your hair is not too long. Okay, too tall. My hair is longer than yours. Your now you're complaining that my hair tall. is too short. On the sides, it is almost ridiculously short. Uh, but Bubba and Cam, you're, you probably didn't get to see this until we started the show today. Do you have any reaction to his haircut? I think it looks better than it did when it was way too tall. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a little short on the sides. I usually go short on the sides when I get it cut. But it was, like, monstrously tall before. I think he, he trimmed it down. It looks a little better now. This obviously, this incredibly short on the sides thing is a look. It's, it's something a lot of younger people I notice these days are doing it. I don't happen to care for it myself, but I do understand. I see some grays in there. That it is stylish. At least I don't color my but, hair. But what do you call it? What do you say, Cam, when you sit down and you want to get that done? On, so basically the sides of your head have no hair at all, and the top has like just the standing up Chia Pet pencil eraser kind of thing going on. What What is it you say to the barber? Yeah, I don't get quite the same thing as Hembo. I think he might use a little more product than I do. I'm not sure. What, what, what words do you it's use? It's called a low... High fade. Yeah. Those are the words that you use. I, I get a, a clippers on the sides, a one on the sides, and then scissors on top blended in is what I say. And then they kind of blend it and make it look natural. So the fade goes into the top of the hair and then I part it. Why does your hair look so good and his look so ridiculous? I don't understand what you're saying. I don't know. His looks like a porcupine almost. That's like you could I mean. impale someone with his hair. You're understating how bad his haircut is. I like think the, it looks better than it did. Oh, no way. Now, Bubba, can you be the... And Bubba, for many of you who may not know this... 
uh, long before his illustrious career in radio production, Bubba actually was a stylist at Vidal Sassoon. He, mm. he was there for many years. He worked there, worked his way up, you know, d- doing all the shampooing and stuff, like, you know, the sweeping Climb up. and the then corporate worked ladder. His way up to, he was a master stylist, and he did haircuts for, you know, he designed, like, the legendary Farrah Fawcett cut. That was all hem- uh, Bubba. Mm. So, so, Bubba, what is your professional uh, read on Hembo's haircut? Yeah, I'm actually going to have to go with Cam on here. I think, uh, you know, prior for, for a long time, he had the kid and play look going that was questionable. Yeah. And we all questioned what was going on. And then he even got a haircut and it like somehow was higher. So I, I, I don't know what happened prior, but I will say now it'll actually, it, I'm okay with the look right now. No. The size, it's, a, it's kind of a normal younger person look. His thing is the porcupine look. That's his thing. It's it's you know it's it's. Why would that be a what thing? What a thing to own, like, huh? What yeah. thing is that? Like, I don't that's know. A terrible it's a, that's his thing. thing. His hair. His you know hair goes up. Out? Here's what I have figured out. His hair I goes straight up. Out. I don't know what it is. You ever get an ice cream cone like soft ice cream? And when you lick around the edges, because what you have to start by doing is licking around the edges, because it might drip onto your hands. And when you, as you look more and more around the edges, it, it sort of gets taller and taller in the middle because you're just kind of licking down the edges and the middle of it is getting kind of taller and taller. That's what Hembo's head looks hold like. Hold on, hold on. It looks like someone hold has on. licked around the side of your head and thus the middle of it just sort of sprung upward. Did Maybe that's what he asked for. Compare me to a vanilla ice cream cone? Yeah, with chocolate sprinkles. Yeah. What, is, what does your hair look like when there's no product? Yeah, what does That's it the like? question. I mean, comparable to this, it just doesn't stick up as high. Come in one day with no product. Yeah. Let's see you tomorrow. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? The Phillies. Oh, the Phillies. Are they Chicago win? Sam's. Are they going to? Oh, do you have a Chicago Sam story, by the way, Cam? <laughs> we have a quick anecdote. Let's we had, a, we had a good time at Chicago Who's Sam's. Who's we? Yeah. We, me, our mutual friend Eric. Bubba was there. Not a mutual friend. Yeah. Bubba went. Bubba, you went to the party? Uh, I, I mean, I, made it, I had to go see what was going on, and I wanted to see if I could find, I'd find Eric. And I, yeah. Did I you did, meet Eric? No, I didn't. I, I did. He's a nice guy. Him, no, what but, do you mean you didn't meet Eric? This was a birthday party for Eric, and you went, and the, you did not meet Eric? I didn't see him there, no. How many people were at this party? Oh, uh, probably 15, 20. It was pretty crowded. There, were a, lot crowded. Of, there were a lot of people. Any, is there, was there a person there I know? Uh, me and Bubba. That's it. See, I, I think you're making this whole thing I, I agree. Up. I think no. the whole no, thing No, we had just... a good time at Chicago Sam's. I have to share, though. What's the anecdote? Very funny. Okay. So Bubba and I got there at a time where we didn't have to deal with this, luckily. But at a certain point, because there was a cover band and live terrible comedians, by the way, they were charging a cover at the door, and the cover at the door was $15 when we could have gotten into the D-backs game for $13. So it literally was more expensive to get into Chicago oh, Sam's yep. to see the Zoo cover band than it was to go to Game 5 of the NLCS in Arizona. See, now that tells a story. Full circle. That's very well done. You brought a dramatic finish to it. And speaking of dramatic finishes, will the Phillies end the series today? Yes, I favor the Phillies tonight. The Phillies back at home. They've outscored their opponent 39 to 8 at home they've out homered their opponent 17 to 2 at home it's Merrill Kelly who we know doesn't deal with volume very well it will be very loud in Philadelphia the Phillies will advance the World Series by beating Arizona in game six tonight and that's the early game right it's the early oh, game on TBS nice I get to watch that. yeah the games are not as easy to find on TV as I would like but whatever and then the other one of course we get game seven tonight game seven mm-hmm. in Houston the Rangers are going to throw Max Scherzer the Astros are going to start Christian Javier I favor Houston in what I think is, honestly, this is a coin flip game. It's a coin flip series. We deserve seven games. Honestly, what looms large here is whether or not Brian Abreu, the setup man, the stud setup man for the Astros who plunked Adolis Garcia in game five, who got suspended for game two, who was appealing it. If he can pitch, it's going to make a big difference for Houston because the bullpen is their biggest advantage. But he might not pitch because Major League Baseball 
inexplicably suspended him for deciding that he intended to hit Adolis Garcia. And obviously the Scherzer element in it is interesting as well. Home team has yet to win a game in that series. The decisive game seven is tonight. So tomorrow's going to be phenomenal. We got a Monday night base, a football game and two baseball. See you in the morning for Get Up and then back here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.